Hey, wonderfuls. Welcome to episode 309 of the JV Club with my guest, Vera Sola. I very much encourage you to check out her music. As indeed, I very much encourage you to enjoy this episode that we did together. We had a great time. Hope everyone is doing well. I will talk to you soon. Uh, okay, this, listen, first of all, I'm going to say you are very backlit, so there's a lot of mystery to oh, what's good. happening right now. I feel that I'm very brightly lit, but in this kind of mysterious... Is there a secret camera? Uh, there's <laughs> absolutely not a secret <laughs> tell you they're oh i'm of, sorry yes there is there's cameras the other everywhere <laughs> oh really yeah they, I, they were like and i was like is this gonna be filmed yeah. like oh no no absolutely not and i showed up like yeah. this as you would feel comfortable and, and willing uh, yeah. yeah oh no that is that's a rude awakening it was terrible i saw the photos later did <laughs> you at what point do you get to go like i mean i mean at this I point in my really... career i never really do <laughs> you don't you just kind of go like, like okay, okay sounds good sounds yeah, good yeah, yeah 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 i think there was a certain point too which i like i don't not i don't know exactly when it was but there was a point at which i just stopped being so critical because there was just sort of enough out there like yeah it was like oh i take so many pictures with just like some nice person like at a con where the lighting is horrible yeah that i just had to go like give it to god like if you believe in god or whatever that means but there was just a certain point i was like all right i'm gonna feel like i look pretty gross like a lot of the time and uh i guess that's the downside of people wanting to take pictures with you but that's not a big downside i mean for me it's that there's never i mean one in a thousand photographs of someone singing no matter how beautiful oh they god. are is good did i with yeah. yeah, I yeah. mean, I look like a gargoyle any, <laughs> anytime or worse. I'm always like, what's happening to all my vocal? Like, yeah. what a thick, yeah. what's, what's happening? neck? <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's absolutely true, especially if you're up on a stage and someone's oh, shooting up shooting at from, you oh, and a, there's just a lot. Bad. Yeah. There's a lot. You could, it's, you can either become kind of the most vain person and just agonize over that stuff or it can like humble you quickly and just make you go like, you know what, once in a while I'll be able to choose a picture and I'm going to be real careful when that happens. Yep. The rest of the time. Here's every angle of my body from every the worst angle. angle. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, now, how long have you been in LA? You're not originally from here, right? You're I was actually North. born here. Oh, you were? Okay. Uh, grew up here till I was eight, and then I moved to New York and did my gotcha. formative years half in New York City and then half in Canada. Right on. Uh, where my family, my well, my dad's family's from. Gotcha. Yeah. We're in uh, Canada. Like it's Toronto, Kingston, or? Ontario. It's halfway okay. between. Um, Toronto and Montreal. How big of an uh, uh, metropolitan it's area is a it? College town. Okay. But we lived in a farm, like away from everything. Uh, this farm that's been in my family for generations, and I had one friend, and uh, that's that. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and but you were far, splitting time, yeah. Yeah, it was. We were in New York for talk all, about any time we were in school. Uh, um, vastly different environments. Oh, yeah. and it was sort of architectured that way um in the sense that well my father hated new york city um sort of suffered it because we ended up in good schools there and then the second we'd get out it'd be like everybody pile into the car and we'd drive up to canada right and then i I never went to like camps or like did fun things with my friends when i was 
off school, I was just like alone <laughs> in this log cabin and, right. and, and had one friend, truly. Yeah. Um, How far away was your one friend? Across the lake. I mean, that's very, <laughs> yeah. let's not pretend like that's not very Anne of Green Gables. For those of us who did not have that uh, childhood, it sounds very like, oh, was Diana living right across the lake, Anne of Green Gables? I mean, it, that's kind of what Aww. it was, yeah, but not, but also like with great debauchery and like <laughs> r- ridiculous, <laughs> mostly on our side. I mean, it was, it's me and my three sisters and um, the the other family, the only other family that we were able to befriend because we were so weird. Um, we're also three sisters, and oh, wow. they were always more tempered and measured, and they're all wonderful people now, and they work in, like, engineering, like, the Doctors Without Borders, and we were just complete um, chaos. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they just watched. They just basically came over to watch the chaos, like, TV. Right. And then we'd shoot them back across the lake in a <laughs> canoe with a light. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's amazing. Was it really as, uh, now I'm trying to turn it into a young adult book, but like, or maybe an adult book, depending on how bad the debauchery it was. was. Okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> were the, was it really like, were you similar ages? Was it sort yeah, of like, exactly. I paired off with this one, I paired yeah. off with this one. That, exactly that's that. That's so yeah. funny. And that was, was their place also kind of like, oh, this has been in the family forever? Or were they sort of new to that? No, their place was, um, their grandmother, their family was well established in that um in the town they owned like the the fish company where yeah. you would, would buy the fish and w- what was the and so the the place that has been in your family for years did you, it was a full-on farm or was it um, sort of just a property at that... certain points it was a full-on farm and now it's basically uh just um agricultural farm i mean like we have a there's a dude on a tractor who comes and mows the alfalfa uh-huh. and then we give it to the farmers and that's about it got it um and we've had animals and stuff there, but now it's kind of fallen into like House of Usher style disrepair. So I mean, sounds like someone needs to film a movie there as soon as I made possible. A music Let's video go there. there. It is. <laughs> yeah. Gotta take advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, did you feel like one was there a sense of one one environment suited you more than the other, or did you almost feel like there were two 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 of you in a sense where oh, it's no, like it was... this is the version of me that. I was yeah. a New York City kid. You really were, yeah. A hundred percent. And yeah. was really pissed when I was in Canada. <laughs> I mean, there was one or a couple of summers where I just refused, even though the lake is really beautiful and and um and like the perfect swimming water. My father still brings this up to me that like there were like two or three summers where just out of spite I refused to go swimming. Yeah. Even when it was like a hundred degrees. Uh-huh. Just to <laughs> To purely to spite him. Yeah. If I if I let you see me enjoying this for a second, yeah. my point will be lost. So and my I, protest will be lost. Exactly. So I spent basically all night when I was up there on dial-up. I'd unhook the family phone and then plug in the computer and then go in chat rooms. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was that. No one understands but you, yeah. internet. Yep. Yeah. Well, did, is that... A th- it's funny because I definitely went through a phase in like I probably high school where I just because I was goth like oh yeah I would be travel like I would go to the beach I mean I'm from Arizona but like driving across into California to visit family and being at a beach and like those pictures of me from those years I am in like full like oh I rolled my black pants up and that was like the only difference no bathing suit no no, like yeah yeah. same I mean I was I too was goth excellent and traveling goth is one of the best goths (laughs) 
I actually don't have, when I was trying to find pictures, the only picture I was able to find for you is online because my mom had everything scrubbed from like by the from the time I was 13 oh no. to 18 because I horrified her so much. Oh, and mom, I was like the family shame. You don't shame. get to do that. I mean, I guess she did get to because she did it. But. but there was one I did find and I tried to send it, but it didn't work, which is me at a monastery in India. We went on a family trip to India oh, and it is and I've climbed a tree because I've always been into like I love climbing things. But like well, that's not very New York City, at least. Oh no, it is because oh, we. Is. I'd, yeah, <laughs> got it, got it. no, because you'd climb scaffolding and you'd climb like, the enough. sides of buildings. Fair and, enough. And yeah, all fire that escapes. Stuff. Good point. Um, fire escapes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, God, <laughs> me in this horrible haircut. Cause of course, I cut my own hair um, and dyed it all and and whatever in a ridiculous outfit in a tree in this like beautiful setting there's also an amazing photo of me somewhere at the Taj Mahal um with my infected lip ring and (laughs) and like uh perfect oh it's so good and then the time that was also around the time that I actually made my parents cry with the color of my hair and I did that in Canada because I have this dark this dark hair which never took to bleaching oh sure yeah Um, and so I would dye it black but then I decided that like I wanted I wanted something else. And so I had my one friend in Canada um, help me bleach my hair so I could dye it like bright blue. Okay. But what Mm -hmm. happened instead is that I bleached it and it turned orange and then I put the blue on top. (gasps) And so it became like a mix of like, uh, it was like a calico green and orange print. It's actually easy for me to picture because I've gone through stuff like that. Uh-huh. And also just like when you paint or you ever paint, there mm-hmm. are these colors that come where you're like, oh, this no. is a non-color. Yeah, it's exactly. just a mess. It was terrible. Yeah. It was like a swamp. And your parents cried. And then I came down the stairs. This was the first time I like my dad had weathered so much. Like even when I got my horrible tattoos, he was like, OK, well, it's a mm. Sylvia Plath poem, but. At least it's not in My Little Pony on your forehead. (laughs) But so he really took, he was like, he took it well, but that was like too much. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's a picture of me at the Taj Mahal in with like on the family vacation with that hair, the infected lip ring. And then the other good thing about that is that my mom was always trying to make me look beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything that she could, which has benefited me now because I haven't changed much in size. And so she'd buy me like really nice clothes. Oh, and you were finally ready to go like, no, hey. Yeah, so now I wear them. But before I was like, oh my God, no. Right, Um, But she'd do anything to make me like she wants... Oh God. Well, I'll finish this story and then I'll tell the next one, which is really funny. But she... We had a friend who was a dentist... And she was like, why don't you come with me? I'm going to get this. was when teeth whitening was like the, the, it had just come out. Right. It was like and a miracle, especially for people of an, a slightly older generation who didn't have the benefit of like the kind of dental care we have. Yep. So the idea that you could like bleach out your teeth probably seemed like without it necessarily looking like full on dentures yeah. was just like, it was Holy a huge shit, deal. Yeah. And so she was like, wow, maybe this is a way to get her to look pretty. And so she took me to get my teeth bleached. Um, but of course I was a chain smoker and a, an insane coffee drinker. And like, not only did I smoke, I would smoke anything. Like I would smoke like, like things I found on the street, uh-huh. I smoked like <laughs> backwoods cigars, I smoked uh-huh. black and mild, I smoked oh, everything. God. I was like crazy, like completely addicted to weed. Um, and so I couldn't go however, like a week. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because smoking. you're, yeah. 
You're not supposed to, yeah. So mm-hmm. they bleach, they only, at that point, they would only bleach the front of your teeth. Um, and I uh, started smoking the second I got out of right. the tooth bleaching. When, thing, you're, like when your enamel is the most vulnerable to retinting. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. And my teeth went brown. Oh, like a shade of brown you've never seen to the point that then people in oh, school were God. like, what's up with your teeth? Like these ones back here, like kind of white. Because also I didn't really need the whitening in the first place. Right. <laughs> so it was like, these ones are like kind of nice. What's up with the front for? Oh, Jesus. So there's one of me and it, like, I'm never I never smiled in photos but for some reason my mouth is open uh-huh. <laughs> and I have brown teeth and infected uh, lip ring oh which I pierced myself like calico oh. hair and just the worst outfit which I then I guess I tried a little bit and I like put on a vaguely uh-huh. ethnic uh-huh. shirt uh-huh. to like kind of fit in blending right in oh. blending right in but people were really they didn't know what to do with me there I actually had like a lot of people touching me and like looking at me i don't know what they they probably felt sorry for you yeah i think that's what it was poor creature yeah what is it oh um but the other classic great stories that i used to cut my hair and dye it and do all this stuff and so my mom tried to get it was terrible i mean at first it was a mohawk but that never stuck and i like kept tried i tried to put it up but i was never good at it right i wasn't like one of those like really great myspace scene kids who had the amazing hair yeah i was not good at any of the stuff that i tried to do Uh so i had this like really sad and i didn't believe really in hairspray because it was like the real punks used glue (laughs) and so it was like this wilted elmer's glue thing um and then that it that became clear that was unsustainable so then i like kind of grew it out and then I started cutting it myself because all I wanted was to look like Brody Doll from the Distillers. Okay, yeah. That's all I wanted. I looked nothing like her. Uh-huh. There was no chance that I was ever going to look like her. Um, and so I tried to cut my hair. She got a new haircut after her. She did her mohawk differently and grew it out. And I tried to do that, but instead it just became a bowl cut. Because <laughs> um, my hair is so thick and it was so bad. So my mom was really upset about that. And so she paid... She like got me an appointment at a really nice salon trying to make me look beautiful, but she didn't come with me to uh, the salon. Oh. So of course I went in yeah. and just had my hair very expensively styled in a horrible way, which is, that was, yeah. Now was what that. did this, okay, so when she it was styled in an incredibly horrible way, mm-hmm. what did that, what what was, what was parts, the shape of it? Parts was it, were so, shaved, yeah. and yeah. Um, but not like cool how people do it. Some people can pull it off. Right. I could never, ever pull any of that stuff off. Yeah. Um, I have a weird shaped skull. <laughs> this is the stuff like, you find out. A lot yeah. of us don't know how weird our skull, I do know because yeah. I also have done those things. But yeah, you don't know until you know. No, and then you're like, a reason oh, why I have really this is really hair. bumpy. Like, yeah. I guess it is a big deal that Sinead O'Connor's head was so perfect. Like, it's a huge deal. At the deal. time, I thought anyone would look like that with shaved heads. No. Not true. It also emphasizes like all of the parts of your face that, you know, aren't necessarily great right so and when you're a teenager yeah you can't get away from it you're not hiding from anything that's for sure um yeah so there's like some shaved parts and some really ugly pink dye and um still the same sort of generalized bowl cut was there ever a a point at which i mean i know you have the kind of the the hindsight now but even at the time was there ever a point at which you were like nailed it or did oh. you always have a feeling of like, oh, God, I'm no, no, no. There. I thought I was just you did. killing it. Oh, great. Okay. I mean, like, yes, I was frustrated when the Mohawk wouldn't stay up. Yeah. 
Um, and I was jealous of those who could really achieve what I wanted to achieve. Right. Um, but I definitely walked out of the house in some things that I was just like, that. here it is. Today is the best day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I remember being, I mean, growing up in New York, they, like people yell stuff at you. So oh, I sure get, they do. Like, you know, like, it ain't Halloween, bitch. I'd be like, yes. <laughs> Success. Yes. Now, how does this compare with your other two sisters? Like, did they go through other phases? Or oh, no. were you the sort of, I was like, you were the one that your mom was like, well, I know this isn't normal for our family. No. So if I just am very hands-on, maybe... Well, she did everything time. wrong. God bless her. Um, and How exhausting for her it must to be like, been. I've got to give this my full attention. Like, I'm not, I refuse to just let her go through this. Which only made it worse. Right. Because the more attention she put on it, the more I rebelled. Yeah. Um, and so she made every mistake with me. And my other sisters grew up like relative, like, like they're, we're weirdos. All the whole family's freaking weird. Yeah. But um, they're like my younger, both of my younger sisters just like, eh, I didn't go through any of this. Um, <laughs> and, you know, all, I mean, I was grounded from the moment I turned like 12 and a half until I went to college. Oh, God. They alarmed the doors on oh, my house. Oh, my. Oh, so you really were. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Were I was grounded. Child. But I, but I um, cut the wires on the alarms and this got out. very up. impressive. Yeah, I was amazing. You could have a second career as a cat burglar. Oh, sure. For sure. I had yeah. um, I had to sneak out. You like to climb things. I love to climb things. You can things. cut wires. I had a whole collection of wigs and this whole thing so that I could sneak out of the house because I was constantly grounded. Yeah. And there was no barometer for... <laughs> like what behavior was bad uh-huh. so it was like it was just as my mom had no idea what she was doing so she'd ground me for like leaving the drawer open to my t-shirts yeah i'd be grounded just as badly as if i like stayed away okay. i like left for two days and didn't come home yeah so it was like oh well i'm already grounded for not right like, leaving the t-shirts out so i might as well just yeah like, if it's a level playing field it's like i, I might whatever. as well shoot up heroin exactly. as if i'm gonna get no, in trouble for not making my bed totally that's exactly yeah, yeah. what it was was she a young mom was no. she like she just no, she didn't just know had what no idea what what was going on uh-huh. in this child <laughs> and it was the complete opposite of her i mean she's like a she's like a southern beauty queen and with oh, like yeah. so like very sweet and just could never imagine that this would happen to her um did it feel like it was relative to your parents' behavior or the way they were behaved, or did it feel like it was something more internalized or more like organic to your environment? It was a it was a combination of both. I mean, I was born angry. Like chi- like pictures of me as a child, I hated having my picture taken. I was, I mean, I was just like born like sort of pissed. Yeah. That um, pissed at the state of the world, and also like I was very old as a kid yeah and i was like um angry that i was in a child's body Uh and angry that i was like forced to hang out with kids Uh like one of my least favorite things is people are like oh you're you know you're five and she's five like you guys will should hang you should hang out i mean it's the same thing as like if now we're like oh like she's 30 you're 30 like you guys would get gonna have so much in common yeah yeah no yeah not at all i never wanted to hang out with other kids i was mad about it (sighs) i was mad about like being treated like a child was there a group that you felt like, now these are my people? Or was, you know what I mean? Did you feel more comfortable with your parents' friends? Or was there any kind of like example mm. of. As a kid, I, I was very, as a very small child, I was very much in my head and I created a lot of worlds. And I had some, I had some friends um, who like sort of lived in those worlds with me. Uh, but then in 
once we moved to New York, I, I had one best friend for, you know, like middle school, elementary school. And that was a tumultuous relationship that was wonderful, ultimately wonderful and painful. And, I've been there. Well, yeah. Yeah. And then high school was um, hilarious and awesome. And I sort of ran with a group of delinquent boys and was like the only girl in this group of sort of like urban exploring like I don't know was it a public high school in New York uh, in no, the city it was, a, it was a, I was so lucky first I went they, my parents put me in Catholic school and that was obviously a disaster and they at a certain point when the lip ring happened and um and like I started altering my uniform um they were like we think you should probably find another place to go to school and the school was the school said yeah, that yeah. yeah um and i was failing all of my classes which is not like me i mean i i like school and i've always liked yeah like learning and i'm you know like i don't know i i never did homework but i was good at tests um and so i found i was really lucky i found an amazing uh sort of art school in brooklyn that yeah basically saved my life um and so i ended up going there for uh, ninth grade through through the end of high school, and that was great. It really is like there, there's like there's your sort of perfect textbook example of like okay, so you've got this sort of unruly kid, or you've got this kid who seems angry, you kid, you know, rebelling, whatever, whatever is being represented externally and internally. The the ways you go of sort of like well, let's push her over into the the sort of like right clean cut Catholic school like that's gonna snap her into shape yep. and then that doesn't work and then you go to the opposite thinking like oh I don't know how this is gonna be good for her to go someplace that's like more you know open minded and all that kind of stuff and then it's like oh wait that was the right no it thing works to do totally you know? I mean they they accepted me and they I mean they were exasperated uh the school i mean i was the only person it was this amazing it had no grades and only um the teachers would would write these reports and uh you'd choose your own curriculum and there really wasn't m much you you it was your own structure you built your own structure yeah. but i was one of the only people in the history of the school i'm pretty sure to actually have an attendance report sent home which i still have um which has beautifully all of my excuses for the reasons that I missed class uh -huh. which are just amazing fabrication uh -huh. fabrication <laughs> my horse is sick oh is one of them like on like I missed uh -huh. I missed math because my horse got sick <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, Daniel. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so first of all, I'm assuming you didn't have a horse. Uh actually I did, uh -huh. but that's a different okay. story. That's a different that's a different story. It wasn't nearby and it wasn't sick. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're gonna take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Hey everyone, it's John Roderick from the Friendly Fire Podcast, here with Adam Pranica and Ben Harrison. When was the last time you really liked watching a war film? With Friendly Fire, you get to do it with us! Yeah, you don't even necessarily have to have seen the movie to get a lot out of an episode of Friendly Fire. In many cases, we would recommend that you not watch the movie because there are some really, really bad war movies, but a bad war movie makes a great war movie podcast. And in all cases, we recommend you listen to our show. So subscribe and download to Friendly Fire wherever you get your podcasts. To the victor, go the spoiler alerts.
What were the things that you uh, did kind of lean into at the school that, that, you, that you could choose and kind of build for yourself? Um, I loved, I've always loved reading. So I, I loved my English classes and I loved science and I loved, I, I loved everything. Um, performing really was great for me. Theater, um, art. I loved my art classes. I'm still in uh, touch with all of my my painting teachers and all of that. It was amazing. But um, it was like a full liberal arts college, but in the form of a high school. That's great. It was fantastic. That's, and I, I guess I don't, I know a lot of people who excelled in one portion or two portions of the, of fine arts, but I don't, there's, I don't have a lot of, it's weird. I mean, this is just like a, mm-hmm. I don't think this is like a, it says anything real. It's probably just a coincidence, but I don't have very many people who were performers and also fine artists. Like it seemed like there were sort of people who excelled at playing music and performing in some way or, or what have you. And then my other friends who sort of maybe dabble in that, but like they really excelled Mm -hmm. in kind of more like tactile visual arts and stuff. So the idea of being one of those people that can kind of do a little of all of that is, is so attractive to me. It's for me that that's why I really love what I'm doing now is because it's an, it's a, you know, um, what's the word am I thinking of? Um, sort of a synthesis of everything yeah. that I love to do. Yeah. I mean, it's the tactile, I, I, make, I make all my own flyers and do collages and all of that stuff. Yeah. And then I make my outfits, my stage outfits, and I make my videos and I make my music and then I perform theatrically on stage. So yeah. it's, it's everything. Yeah. It's awesome. Did you collab, had you had the experience of making music collaboratively with people as well? Or has it kind of always been like, this is, this um, is my expression and, and I sort of take, I control each part of it. I was a secret musician through all of high school. I never, I never played music in high school and I only started Um, or I did play music, but I played it in my bedroom and I did that all the way through college and after college. And it wasn't until like two or three years after college that I started playing music with other people. Mm. And then even then didn't even think about releasing my own stuff until mm, February, 2017. So all of that is really new for me Yeah, and still like wild and and strange. I want to go back to, uh, the, uh, Canadian Lake debauchery uh-huh. for a second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want to leave that behind. Okay. Uh, what? So, what kind of trouble were you guys getting up to uh, in that sort of remote place? Well, we were very isolated. I don't know where my parents were <laughs> because there's a. An, I feel like a lot of us have those where yeah. we're like, I mean, I don't I mean, think they would have wanted me to be doing what I was doing. Yet, where were they? Where were <laughs> if they? They didn't want me to. I mean, the worst. Oh my God! What are the worst ones? Well, it's like to give you a classic story about what my mom thought of me. There was one time my parents did go out to dinner, and while they were gone, my sisters and I did something with water. Oh, that's a story. <laughs> <laughs> this, but this is the origin of it with water balloons, where we like filled up water balloons with like red food dye. I have no idea what that was about. And then um, my mom came home, and I guess I was sitting at the kitchen table, and there was like red food dye all over the the floor and my mom went the children where are the children I was like mom I didn't kill them (laughs) are you kidding me that's food dye Jesus Um, but we that reminds me so we would play just endless pranks and not really how how much sorry sorry to interrupt how much older are you than we're an equal three and a half spread between the got it got it got it yeah Um, but that 
reminds me. We would do these pranks, and I guess it was mostly on my mom because I don't know. <laughs> she sounds like she would have the biggest reaction, which she when you're would. a kid, you're like, I mean, yeah. that's what you want. Um, so one great one was we did fill, we, we got a whole bunch of water balloons and filled up as many rooms in the house as we could, like closets and particularly like this one bathroom that we sort of all share which has like a bathtub and and a and a shower with water balloons to your knees. Oh my. And like put even like giant water balloons in all the toilets. Oh, that's really satisfying. Um, it was great. Yeah. I don't remember how that ended though. It, like, <laughs> it, it couldn't have been good. The house is like said a log cabin. It's made of wood. And there's no way that ended well, but I must have blacked it out because I'm sure yeah. I got in so much trouble. I would imagine that's the case. Um, but who's obtaining all these water balloons i don't know how we got all that stuff another one my younger sister once covered herself entirely in vaseline and went sliming around the house (laughs) (laughs) um and as you may know vaseline is that's very oil oil based definitely leaves all kinds of stains and marks and you can't wash it off yeah yeah it just kind of slimes there it slimes there until gradually like ever wears down i mean and that's the thing about the house something else yeah so that was a really good one um oh man i mean the really classic one is um one time so we had this one uh, family that we were friends with, the Murphy family. Hi, Murphys. Hi, Murphys. I will definitely tell them to listen to this because they will love this. <laughs> um, and I, I decided that it was time for us to branch out and make new friends. And so what we were going to do is we were going to make a poster, uh, a wanted poster for friends. So <sighs> Wonderful. Yeah. So uh, I got out a bunch of collage materials and we got some art supplies going. I put some music on. Again, this is one of those nights where where the hell were my parents? Um, And we were all there. And at some point, I don't know, what am I, about 15? At some point, I decided it'd be a good idea to just pop a couple of Ambien. (laughs) (laughs) That, so the last thing I remember is trying to make this collage thing and then that's the big problem popping a couple ambient and then having like a couple of swigs of smirnoff ice yeah hot super Super hot super Super hot super cool i'm hanging out with my two younger sisters and our three friends really awesome and um i just it was supposed to be like like looking for new friends um but then at some point i then the last thing i remember is like going to get a neutral milk hotel cd to play for my friend because i had to play it for her. of course classic and then i wake up i don't know 15 hours later in completely different clothes Ooh. covered in blood whoa whoa like, what happened yeah and i was like on my cat my parent like that my mom my in my parents room there's a little couch and i was just lying on there i was like ah weird oh. like what the, what am i doing here and then um, I like like sauntered downstairs, totally cool. And I was like, "Hey guys, wipe like, off the blood." I was like, "Wait, guys, like, why? How? What am I doing up here?" And they were like, "Oh my god, you don't remember any of that?" Oh my! And I god. went into like full. You really had one of those the, crazy like ambient. I've never fugue states. Totally, it was a fugue state. I've never blacked out from drinking. I was like a terrible. I 
did like tons of drugs and drank a lot and I've never blacked out from drinking never blacked out from anything this was the only time but I did so many things that night I tried to reorganize my closet um I which ended up with me throwing all of my clothes onto the ground um evidently at one point I like f- like fell and they like came up all these these are like chill we're they're ch- we're children yeah. trying to yeah. take care of me yeah. and I fell down on the ground and they said like like are you okay are you okay and I said Harry Potter revealed himself to me <laughs> they were like what what are you what are you what are you talking about what are you doing on the ground and I was like Allegedly, again, I was not there. Yeah. I don't remember any of this. Yeah, I'm slithering like a snake. Oh my like god! Slithering. Oh <laughs> Did a whole Harry Potter bit. <laughs> um, then they I, had. I must the, have been a crowd pleaser if they were. I mean, there it's talked about to this day. They had to at one point. Yeah, I fell and, and busted my chin open. They had to Good shower god. me. That was a disaster. You can imagine. Where a whole bunch the of other. Were your where were my parents i know i still have a scar under my chin from that um so those are the kinds of things but then the best part is that um looking at the poster that i made that night is just like a bunch of oh really horribly sort of like cut out archie comic pieces huh. and then it just says in scrawl friends arrow no <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's great. I Otherwise known as Exhibit A. Exhibit if things a. had gone more poorly that yeah, evening, being, that they already have been did. In jail. Oh God! Um, and everyone laughs about it now. Like that. Oh yeah. No. I mean, it was funny yeah. in the moment too. Yeah. yeah. Also, like I wasn't. I just like busted my chin yeah. open. I, I didn't hurt anybody. I was. You know. Was your Were your parents home by the time you woke up on their couch? No. Or don't? I don't know where they were. This is a real mystery. It's a real mystery. There's a whole other series of adventures yeah. going Who on knows in your they, parents' lives. Maybe they lives. were doing the same thing. Right? Yeah. They blacked out they somewhere after popping a couple of ambient. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, that's, I guess that's the next question is like, you know, is, were you, were you an, op- it sounds like you were an opportunity user as a, oh, as yeah. a teenager, which well, I, I just, sort of was too, which was like, whatever's around, sure. like use what you got yeah. i mean i did never like i don't think i ever did like whippets but oh no i did whippets yeah i did whippets way too late uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but i otherwise no i mean i didn't actually i was lucky in that i never i never touched heroin because my dad lost a lot of friends to that and yeah. um now i have i've lost a lot of friends to it i was like i like sort of was in this time when it wasn't really around and if it was it wasn't like a big thing yeah but otherwise i um yeah, I mean, I was just a disaster, but I had, but it was fun, and yeah. I didn't get hurt. And I was really lucky. Yeah, um, there but is now that. I'm just, yeah, like, totally boring and sober. I don't even drink, and it's not even out of like AA or anything. I just don't. Yeah, I did it all. I'm bored. I completely I just, relate. Yeah. Anybody yeah. who listens to the podcast regularly knows I experienced very much the same thing. And and yeah, I was. I'm wondering if there was. Uh, was there sort of a gradual decline or if there was a, more of a sense of immediacy of like, ugh, I'm over it? Uh, no, it was a gradual decline. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a gradual decline. And then eventually I discovered that I was like sort of allergic to alcohol and it was like, oh, like that's why I'm like uh. kind of fat and swollen <laughs> and, and like feel like shit all the time. Yeah. Um, and so I yeah. stopped drinking. But yeah, no. And then I just like don't really like, I, I, I did it. I don't, I don't need to do that anymore. Yeah. 
Um, How much of uh, of music for you involves live gigs and tr- versus like composing at home and recording or recording in a studio? Now it's mostly live, yeah. um, and that's awesome. I mean, I'm, I need to be. I was just talking about. I need. I'm recording some acoustic stuff for the content machine, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, have tons of stuff that I need to start demoing to get another record getting uh, get it together. But right now it's really live. Which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like there's a through line between the music that you were secretly doing when you were in high school? You know, because some people do yeah. that thing where they're like, first I tried this and then I didn't know what my sound was or I didn't, it didn't feel like me. It felt like I was trying to be someone else and then I found it. But then some people sort of feel like if there's a natural kind of growth sure. into. I mean, I feel like the music that I make now is also, uh, again, also a synthesis of everything that I've ever loved and ever listened to. I mean, there's definitely like a heavy, um, sort of punk element to it but I also listen to a lot of sort of like really depressing sweeping romantic classical music yeah and then at a certain point got really into like very deep raw blues stuff um and and folk music yeah and so like that all all of those things yeah come together in what I do and it's amazing it's really fun when when I have friends come who have known me forever to say like you're you know this is awesome because this is exactly like you just yeah. sort of like writ large yeah yeah um well all the things you described too are definitely things that were very important to me and and I think that really they're they as different as one might be from another like the rawness of a, a connection from emotion to music is very much there opposed to necessary you know there's other kinds of music where it feels more uh, that it's about the you know the technique or it's about the orchestration or it's about the lyrics but like you know you know what i mean like i'm not no i'm not criticizing overly like the bob dylan's of the world because many people feel that he's Mm. a pure musician but for someone like me like i didn't i wanted to feel I wanted to feel more like I needed more something from certain types of music. And, but your music is, it's very, it's, it's very immersive. Like you sort of listen to it. It's not necessarily music that I would just be like, "Mm, I'm going to clean the house. Not to say that it's, that would be a bad (laughs) thing, but that is not the experience I have with it versus like, you know, throw on some zero seven you can pretty much do anything and be like, I'm enjoying this. No, absolutely not. Yeah. What was that last song? I've already forgotten what just played. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, it was everything I've ever loved. And well, that's not true. I mean, there's a lot of influence on there that I didn't even that sort of squeaked in um, of things that were like higher production value. I mean, one when I f- was finishing the record, the engineer who I was working with said, "You know, I wouldn't have told you this at the beginning, but did you know? Have you noticed that the background vocals on that song are?" kind of similar to coolio's gangsta's paradise oh wow and i was like that makes sense that uh-huh. was my favorite song when i was <laughs> right. nine right like that's amazing yeah yeah and so and i'll find these things and i'll sometimes i'll hear a song that i was listening to when i was 15 and i'm like oh my god yeah that's where that that influence sure came from. well that's the, that i think yeah there's there's absolutely that sort of memory bank of stuff that sort of seeps in and then gets all mixed together and then like whether it ever comes back out again who knows yeah from an artistic point of view did you see a lot of live stuff when you were i did a oh, lot yeah. more than i did um 
what than I did when uh, than I do now actually, which is sad. And I'm, I've made it a resolution to go out to more stuff. But I had a really beautiful experience um, recently that moved me beyond words, which is I spoke earlier about my complete devotion to the Distillers, yeah. my favorite band. I have two Distillers tattoos, very poorly done. And you still have those? Do you still have Sylvia Plath? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, great. I still have them. Great, I didn't great, great. get them. When I, you know, recently, uh, I guess like five years ago, I was like, oh, I don't want these anymore. And so I went and was like gauging the reaction of people around me. I was like, I'm probably going to get these removed. And they were like, but no. Right. The same people who were like, why the fuck would you do that? We're like, <laughs> why would you care? But you don't, well, come on. Right. Like, right. Are you really? <laughs> like, okay, whatever. It's also they're you know, I'm not gonna not get a job because of them now. So Right. Um but I had a beautiful experience in that one of the distillers were my favorite band. And uh as a teenager, you know, I was so angry and I did have trouble connecting to my parents. I mean they tried really hard, but when I was well, let's see, it was fourteen, it would have been fourteen years ago. I would have been fifteen. Um the distillers had just released an album and they were on this tour which would go on to be their last tour for many many years and they were playing at the bowery ballroom in new york city and i bought my tickets months in advance i was so so excited and um i uh went with my friends to see them play and i went to the door and i was refused at the door because i was under 16 and my i had many fake ids but they had been taken away at that point <laughs> um and so i called my dad who was always he was working a lot and so he was away a lot and um and i called him and and he picked up and i said i was crying and i said dad like this is my favorite band i can't get in and they say that i need my parent to come and take me in can you come and take me can oh. you come and let me in and he came. Oh, my God. And he took me into the concert, and it was the most beautiful. I mean, like, I think about that, and I get chills, and, and it was so amazing. And I looked at her up on that stage, and it was everything that I wanted to be. Yeah. And then they broke up, and um, I guess right before I went in to the studio to record my album, and I was playing my very last show at that point, with the band that I was playing with before and we were playing the Bowery Ballroom and I remember standing on that stage and it was like I guess it'd be 11 years almost to the day of when I saw that concert that concert was in April and and um it was almost 11 years to the day and I remember standing up there and being like oh my god I'm standing where she's standing yeah and that was such a beautiful full circle thing and then I forgot again about it, and I went on, went and did my music. Um, went through a whole bunch of horrible shit, and um, but and there was this sense of like for a while, up until almost recently, the sense of like sort of shame about my tattoos and shame about this this music that I loved so much, and um, my obsession with specifically like those records and and uh the distillers in particular why do you why do you think there was why was there a shame around it i don't know i was not a shameful i was not a person full of shame when i was in that age i think shame was sort of built into me like when i went to college and um especially the college that i went to just kind of like hammered shame down your throat um and so I, i built up this kind of like oh that's not cool to like 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 that kind of music like i wasn't listening to i don't know whatever people think is cool I'm not sure um, anymore but recently or I guess it was 
a few months ago, I was in the car with my band, and we were passing around a the the Spotify or whatever the the thing, and my bass player said, "Oh, have you heard this song?" And I was driving. And she put on this song that was on that record that I had gone to see at, at the Bowery Ballroom. And I got this rush of adrenaline yeah. and this like serious, this like insane, like physiological reaction of pure joy and excitement that I actually ran a red, red light at a four way intersection <laughs> oh, and nearly killed everybody. Oh, and I was like, god. oh my god, I'm so sorry. But I was oh. like, yes, I know this band. I love this band. I've yeah. got two tattoos of this band. This yeah. band's my favorite band. Like, getting chills thinking about it and then so beautifully to finish this story shortly after that I began listening to their music again and really began getting into them and um I played a show in uh, the desert in California and I, I I met some people who became who were fans of mine and uh I don't know what we were communicating they wrote me on Instagram something and then they said oh like have like when's your next show? I said, I don't know. And they said, oh, well, we're going to see the distillers this weekend. And I was like, oh my God, they're back together. And it was 14 years since I was 14, yeah. since I'd seen them. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, do you want to come with us? And I went with them and it was the most beautiful. I wept, I like, I moshed and I wept and I screamed and I was 14 again. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I was so... Um, moved for so many reasons because of like seeing her first of all they were amazing it was like they'd never left the stage they played all of the songs as if they'd been playing them for 14 years yeah. and um, I thought to myself just how proud my 14 year old self would be of me now to be doing what I'm doing and to in many ways like I mean this sounds like I don't mean this to sound like an asshole thing at all but um, that I was being taken to this concert by people who I was giving to them what she had given to me. Yeah, absolutely. And that was just the most beautiful full circle thing. And yeah. part of that, um, that whole experience has really made me like love and embrace the teenager I was yeah. um, in, a, in a really awesome way. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Beginning this summer, you can listen to new episodes of Inside Pop every other week for an even deeper dive inside the world of pop culture. Now we're still bringing you our brilliant insight, always on the nose opinions, and insidery inside information on the most interesting pop culture stories of the week. And we'll also have interviews with the pop culture professionals who create the culture you crave. For example, we'll speak to casting directors about how they find the right talent for the right role. We'll talk to music supervisors about how they choose the music to create the right mood. And we'll grill producers who'll discuss what exactly a producer does. Oh man, Sean, how many times has someone said to you, oh, you're a producer, so what do you actually do? So many times. Same here. So make sure to catch Inside Pop every other Wednesday on Maximum Fun to indulge your pop culture obsessions. And to hear in-depth interviews from the movers and the shakers in TV, music, film, and more.
Do you feel like is I mean, obviously it is what it is, and it we aren't we can't change the past uh, yet. I don't know why yeah. we're going with that, or if anyone should, if we could. Yeah. But uh, but do you feel that that time away, whether or not it, you know you now go like, why was I so ashamed? But the, the, that rush, you know, that feeling of, of letting it come back in seems like it could be maybe more powerful than if it had just stayed something that you were like comfortably fond of for those many years in between, you know? Well, I think it was healing. It was Mm. profoundly healing for me because I, I mean, I was a complex teenager of that age and that I was both deeply insecure as all teenagers are, but also really bold and had like no body image issues, which is amazing. Um, and also very, um, very sad, but very happy. Um, but I struggled with a lot of pain and even in the interim, a a lot of trauma and pain. And there were traumatic things during that time that I sort of repressed and, um, embracing that, uh, allowed me to like sort of bridge this gap in myself to be a full, totally get it, human and yeah. and, and all of that. Totally, totally um, get it. Yeah, and it's it's fun. Uh, I, I, I everything you're saying makes perfect sense to me. I've had experiences that that uh, that mirror that absolutely. Um, I want to get into the Smash game in a second, but I did want to ask just for the uh, sake of pretend completeness because it's not mm-hmm. really possible in an hour. But what were uh, how did kind of romance slash sex slash all of that did it was it just like a I super a, messy complex I was kind a of floozy. Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was the, by far I was like I was all over the high school. I slept with absolutely everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, I um and I'm not like that. Again, I just got it all out. Yeah, and yeah. I've basically been monogamous since I was 19. Yeah. Um, but I had um, my first boyfriend when I was in, well, I had an internet boyfriend who we actually knew each other in person, but we chatted on AIM and said we loved each other, but we never touched. Uh-huh. And we only saw each other twice in person. Amazing. Um, and then my first love um, was, was this... Um, Dear, he's still my dear friend Mark, and we dated when we were like third. I, th- I don't even think we dated that long, but it feels like we dated for like nine years. Yeah, and um, <laughs> we are still very close, and he's still wonderful. He actually gave me my very first like stage to perform on hmm. because he ran the bar at a hookah bar in New York, and that was the first time I ever actually played my own songs. That was like, two nice. years ago. Um. And then, yeah, it was just like a complete sort of drunken mess and a lot of feelings, a lot of unrequited love, a lot of on both sides. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I just kind of was like a, I was like a guy in that sense. I mean, I ran with boys and, um, and that's what it was. And then I had some very, you know, I had very dramatic relationships, as you might imagine, um, very dramatic, painful, crushing breakups with people who now I'm just like, oh my god, <laughs> like, that's amazing. Is yeah, looking back at the people you really thought that you were going to spend the rest of your life with and you'd never love again, and then you're like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank God, um, yeah. 
That was me. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm proud to say, and you can ask anybody in my school, they will tell you the same thing. Uh-huh. I, uh, did yeah. you have a sense of what other people's like opinions were then? Or were you more insular where you weren't necessarily thinking about like the big picture of like what other people would see or think? Um, I was definitely, you know, I thought about what other people thought, but didn't really care also because that was part of my personality. I mean, I think I was so traumatized by middle school and that then when I like skewed goth, that was like part of it. Um, was the people talking about me. I mean, I remember like mean things that people would say about my body or whatever, because they wore insanely short skirts and like ridiculous clothes that, you know, I shouldn't have worn just because they were really ugly, but also like they didn't fit well. And I like squeezed myself into them. (laughs) Um, But, and I'm sure they all called me for what I was, but no, I really wasn't. Like I said, I was deeply insecure, but I was also like, at the peak of my confidence. Yeah. And I didn't really feel self-conscious in the way that I've struggled with since college when I was in high school. I just kind of like was what I was and it was yeah. that that was that. I think that I mean I think you've you I think you've really hit the nail on the head of that sort of like because I've talked about this before uh and I think it is something that happens to a lot of people at that age which is that there is this it truly is like on the eye of a needle, like how could I have been that confident and that risk taking and that sort of like, I'm going to wear this cause I want to wear this and fuck everybody else. And also be like my most fragile, my most insecure, my most like feelings get hurt whenever said it, mm-hmm. like all that sort of stuff. It's, it's amazing how much those two things could exist together. And that I have neither of the extreme of those now, yeah. like that you would find yourself some back where in the middle is not necessarily what you expect. You would think like, well, when you feel like that, that's your last thing you're thinking about is this, 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 and this, and like having your heart smashed all the time. Like sure. it's so amazing. Those two things kind of exist together in one person. It's, it's incredible. I wish that I were more like that one side wearing whatever I wanted and, and doing all that. Yeah, I really do. Um, I miss, I miss that element of me a lot. I think I try to embrace that too, just as a person looking out into the world to be sort of less judgmental or to to be sort of less like, hmm, raise an eyebrow about one thing or another and just, you know, and just go like, oh wait, remember when A, it doesn't matter what you think of that person or what you think their motivation is for wearing that big orange wig or wearing that short skirt or wearing whatever. And like... I've tried to be, I think I've been better about that. Like just sort of looking around at people and being like, God love you. Like that is yeah, fucking awesome. It is awesome. Great. Great. Yeah. Like do it, please do it for all of us. Yeah. You know, may we all, may we all be like carefree in that way. Yeah. You know? All right. Let's get into this mash game. Okay. Cool. Um, okay. I'm going to start out with, uh, I'm going to start out with sort of book related stuff. Since you said you read a lot, I will mm-hmm. say, uh, three books that you can go into and be in and exist in you're not reliving the plot you're not a character in the book it's just kind of the world that you can sort of step into and and be with those characters and stuff (sighs) i know i really there there's a lot of like deep thinking stuff that i give you like five seconds to pontificate Uh, on so i'm so sorry are these like my favorite but like honestly it doesn't have to be that it could be like in on this day today in this moment what i thought of was blank and on a different day i probably wouldn't say that but this is today oh well my twitter is mostly retweeting moby dick great great great, great moby dick is a big one for me and um 
Catch-22 is a big one for me. And... Oof, it's so hard. Like, uh, I'm a. I love the 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 Russians. And someone once told me it's impossible that your favorite book is the Brothers Karamazov. And I said, no, that's not true. <laughs> it definitely is. So I'm gonna say that. Great. And I know great. those are all old white dudes. I'm sorry. Oh boy. Well, this is. I I want this to be a place where you don't have to apologize for your experience of the world as a younger person. And My like, you know what I'm saying? It's hard to white, is old racist white dudes. I mean, listen, sorry. That's I don't, everybody's experience uh, it's now. It's a lot Thank you. of people's experience. <laughs> yeah. um, and, 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 that, and that they shaped you and that you are not that and yeah. that you are a person who's now generating your own stuff. It's kind of hard to say like, well, that was a mistake. Like, yeah. how can you get in the way of that I mean, when you're, you know, you became who you are? Um, okay, great. Uh, next one is uh, three uh, musicians. That could be a composer, singer, songwriter, full band uh living or dead from any era that it would be great to collaborate with tom wait collaboration is so hard because there's so many people that i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to screw with their shit right um that's very nice of you to say yeah pretend like it's you're you know you're not gonna it's only gonna get better if it's a collaboration i mean my first thought the most important record to me was Skip James is today, so I'll say Skip James. Great. And Dolly Parton. Great, 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 great. Okay, next one is you can... Now, this is very vague, so I'll let you interpret it as mm-hmm. you will, but you can score a film, and it can be as specific as like, you know you would want to score a film for this director, or you know you would want to score a horror film, mm-hmm. or you know you would want to score, like it can be as vague or as specific as you want in terms of like tone or, you know. Well, horror film for sure. Great. I've worked on a couple of those with a friend and um, he hated doing it and it was just my dream. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody out there needs a horror film score, I can make yeah. it for you in 25 minutes. <laughs> Um, so that, and then Great. another one. Yeah. Like, uh, let's do, yeah. do, like, like if there's a director that has a specific style that you think would be fun to kind of play with I or, mean, well, you know, do I see it right there? Blood Meridian? Yeah. Okay. So that's so crazy. I looked over, I was thinking about it in my head and then I looked right Amazing. at it on your bookshelf. So let's say like a bloody Western, like a bloody serious Western. Great. God, that is very easy for me to picture yeah. you doing a fucking amazing job at. Okay, love it. Um, but that book, would I missed out because that book changed my life for sure. You can't say you missed out because it still got around to changing know, your right? life. But I mean for my little, ma- yeah. my little mash game. I gotcha, I gotcha. But amazing how my eye went directly to that. And my eyes are bad, everybody. <laughs> it's still, it's just... I have like, what is it like? I was going to say 20, like zero, 10. (laughs) I've never known. I I don't, I'm sure it's been explained to me over and over. It's the same thing as when people say like, you have really good blood, blood pressure. Yeah. When I'm at the doctor, I'm I'm like, oh really? What is it? And they tell me a number and I'm like, cool, I'll have to remember that. Yeah. Gone. Immediately gone. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, Then you should have one more. Oh, um, I would love to score a lifetime film. Oh my God. Amazing. 
Ugh. I would love to That's do very either a Hallmark Christmas film, Ugh. which I have watched all of this year. Thank you. Wonderful. Or, I mean, of course, I love like Baby Snatchers, like those yeah. kinds of ones. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, you know. I've got you. I've got you locked down for yeah. a lifetime movie score. That's yeah. very satisfying. Uh, okay, next category. This is uh, <laughs> this is one of my faves. It is um, it can be just like any food that, for whatever reason, you can't have or you can't eat a lot of because you feel sick or you're allergic to or you feel like it's you know sort of ecologically mm-hmm. unsound to do. Uh, in this reality, it is. Uh, there's nothing wrong with anything. Okay. Whatever, whatever by whatever means you get it, and however much you have. There's zero negative ramifications. Okay, I am I'm gravely addicted to ice cream, but Great. do not do well with dairy. Mm-hmm. Luckily, mm-hmm. technology has made it so that there are beautiful vegan indeed. ice creams out there now. Um, but let's just yeah, we'll crack open ice cream wide open. So yeah, any kind. Great. I just throw that beautiful throw that there. Yeah, beautiful. I love ice cream so much. Um, I have I'm a lifelong vegetarian, near vegan. Like I said. Um, but I love pizza so much. So, and I'm, I have a lot of food intolerances. It, it's, yeah. it sucks, and I completely ignore them. Girl, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. <laughs> should I put uh, pizza on yeah, here? Yeah, should put pizza. Yeah, just pure whatever. Oh gosh, and I mean, those are my two very favorite things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what am I not allowed to have that I love? Well, I guess I can't. I kind of miss beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's exactly what this is for. Yeah, I was thinking that I was going to expand it out because there are definitely times where, like, I, I, I just don't have the relationship to drug use that I mm-hmm. used to, and I'm totally fine with that. But, like, there are definitely times where I'm like, if I knew I was yeah. guaranteed to have a full-on giggle fest getting high, yeah. I would do it. But I'm I have to way. know it is a 1,000% guaranteed, and I don't feel like that guarantee exists for I, me anymore. Totally. So, yeah. I wish I could smoke pot. I smoked pot every single day for 15 years, four, 14 years, and then one day woke up and could not smoke pot anymore and haven't touched it since. It makes me... I've, well, I tried it once, and it was like, oh, my God, I can never make music again. Oh, uh, so I stopped. No one needs that I feeling. I do miss it. Yeah. You know, I miss it when people are laughing, and I'm just like, okay, this yeah. isn't very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, those moments. But beer, I'm allergic to both right. the yeast and wheat. Yeah. All of you out there are very... It's good for you to know that about me. Uh, if somebody wants to d- just dose you yeah. with a beer and give you terrible gas, like what happens to me? I can't drink beer. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, next category. Let's do a romantic partner. It could be a character from something, uh, a real person from any time, any age that that they that person is. So if you know it's mm-hmm. like so and so when they were blank years old in the fifties or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, it can just be like sexy times or like lifetime companion, whatever you want. Oh my god this one has always been really hard for me a friend of mine asked this question on facebook recently and i was like i don't know (laughs) (laughs) because i'm like oh well that's why i'm opening up to be like a one-nighter because it's a you like you may be like i'm curious about what it would be like to have sex with this character or person but i don't need to make the commitment that like they're my my fake hmm. imaginary true love i don't no, <laughs> this one is so hard because I am so negative. Uh, I mean, like, um, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm going through my, I'm like, oh no, that person's abusive. Like, right. 
<laughs> like that is yeah not, yeah i hear oh you i hear God, you who would it be but that's why i said like yeah if it's like a character also i don't if this is funny. just like unpleasant we could totally skip that character well, somebody uh, that particular category. funny um uh-huh. mm-hmm. oh man it this one might be too hard for me okay all right we'll can skip we it skip this one we can skip this one yeah, this one might be too hard. I think that in and of itself makes for an intriguing mash answer. The fact that, yeah. we, that we have to move past that. Yeah, we can't, which is like, and the whole part of mash is also I that, know. is this part. Who Listen, are you going to marry? Always, I'm always ready for a, a surprise twist of having to be able to let get that yeah. go. That's totally cool. Um, what about a fictitious, like, pet as obscure, imaginary, mm-hmm. or just as simple as like a hedgehog? Three. Wow. Um, I have great, I mean, I, I, I actually came in here waiting to tell you my snake story, which I never got to tell, but I love snakes. I would love a snake. Yeah. Um, well, you said you were Slytherin when you were in your I am state. so Slytherin. I'm hundred percent Slytherin. Um, and I have not been a good sne- snake keeper in my time. <laughs> oh, um, no. That's our mis- the- our mysterious snake story. Mm-hmm. It's Crap. really amazing. It's the best one. Um, and then I guess I would love a, a, a large bird of prey. Great. Great. A, a condor. Great. Um, and I would love something large i can i love like i said like horses i love riding thing like a i guess like the a giant black like percheron horse like a huge yeah monstrous great hell horse hell horse red eyes perfect hell horse yeah love it okay great uh next category let's do three things that someone else came up with but in this alternate universe you are actually responsible for it so it could be a single work of art it could be an idea it could be a building it could be trains yeah anything a one song one oh yeah you know God. what i mean that's all i know the really wider hard. the harder the yeah wider, the wider the harder. harder i mean i wish that I mean, we talked a little bit about. I, I'm learning some some Bob Dylan songs now for a, a Dylan cover thing. There's a couple of songs in there I wish I'd written. Great. I wish I'd written Bob Dylan's catalog. Great. Um, I wish I had Brian Wilson's sense of harmony. Oh, great one! No kidding. Yeah. And I wish for just a change of pace that I uh, had painted the Garden of Earthly Delights. Great. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Uh, Final two categories. Next category is... uh, person a character from any time fictitious real that uh you would just want to sit and just have like a a beer with or a cup of tea or just sort of like you know what i spent an hour talking to so-and-so and and it was fascinating i should have been more prepared for this (laughs) girl there's no preparing Um, for mash i know it's very um, cruel it's a very cruel game who's fascinating oh kurt vonnegut oh agreed 
I actually did get to meet him once when I was very small, and he was amazing. Um, but Kurt Vonnegut, for sure. And um, she kind of... Oh, fuck. What's... Um, I draw blanks all the time, by the way. Yeah, Mostly I'm, I'm of the people so I should know because most. Because I can picture but... everything. I've got a story about her coming into a room and going, does anybody want their dick sucked, boys? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, is it, it's not Mae West? Yes. Okay, great. It's Mae yeah. West. What a, I mean, that is a person out of time where you're like, oh, did aliens just drop like an, a different type of human back into the world yeah. for everyone to go like whoa hey well, let's pay attention what's happening i mean she's amazing yeah um that one would be really good and then oh well i, I guess similarly well I, I mean i like to laugh a lot um i've always found wc fields to be pretty funny so nice i'll do that because it's they're they're two in one. It's such a different, I mean, it just feels, it's funny because we now we live in a time of, and this is, by the way, going to be like the most like pedantic, gross, but also like very sophomoric uh, observation that people have made a million times before me. But it is amazing that we live in a time of Twitter where everything is just like these little bite sized like mm-hmm. bone mo. But because there's such a sort of proliferation of it and there's just like so much of it all the time, it's so interesting that like still you that like looking back at like the oscar wilds and the may west mm-hmm. and the wc fields who just have these like perfect sentences yeah where you're like god that's goddamn good fuck yeah you know i feel like Ugh. oscar wilde is on every single person's like dream dinner party i mean yeah thing. Yeah. Like, he just, yeah. what, how is he? I mean, I've regretted saying it, but I was like, also like, meh, every, you know, that's everybody. Listen, answer. we still covered it. We yeah. still covered it. He was bound to be brought up yeah. by one I'm or the other. I we did it. say, like, Gandhi or something. Uh, yeah. That's not, that, listen, that's, that, maybe you'd say it tomorrow. Who cares? Yeah. Also, who cares if you I never won't. say it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I wouldn't know how to have a conversation with someone who's sort of living in a different way of seeing the entire world yeah but also like isn't aren't there just a million people who have done like like worldwide good that then their family their immediate family members are like, like oh yeah he's a terrible totally person. asshole yeah i mean that's what there's I think about, a like, weird thing that i got stuff happens. about gandhi i won't talk about yeah it, well there you yeah. go see yeah. listen i'm i'm right on board uh okay and then final category uh would be you have a special door in your home that uh you can walk through and it goes to anywhere it could go to a different place on this planet it could go to an imaginary place. It could go to a gym, mm-hmm. like your own yeah. sewing room, as as banal or as magical as you want. Secret door. Funnily enough, one of those doors that I told you that I undewired when I was a kid was the fire exit for our house because we lived in an apartment building and it was through a, a closet. And oh, so we called it Narnia. And that was my yes. exit out into the world that yes. I wanted to be in, which was the dirty nasty streets of new york city <laughs> <laughs> so yep that's perfect yep um i would say let's i'd love to be able to just walk out on my door and be in the middle of like the rainforest in washington great um that's pretty amazing oh, no kidding i'd love a really nice beach great don't really care where as long as the swimming is good and there are big waves. Great. And the water's, you know, pat, you know, temperate. Yes. Um, and then 
Yeah, I do like the gym. I'd like a gym. Like a really well-appointed gym. Yeah. That'd be great. Fantastic. Okay, uh, tell me when to stop. This is just for me to get my little thing that then allows me. Yep. Okay, tell me when to stop. Okay. Okay. Now, here's what I'd like to do. Normally, I would pause this and I would come back with our results. Mm -hmm. Uh, What my suggestion would be to you is, could you tell your snake story? Oh, yes. While I'm doing my calculations. Yep. So so my mom, I've always wanted a snake my whole life. My mom said I couldn't get a snake because if I got a snake, I'd put it in her bed, which is ridiculous because if I got a snake and put it in her bed, she'd take it away from me. Right. So obviously I would never do that. Was really it just an excuse because she just did not want a snake? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, she's terrified of them. Yeah. Um, but so I made a friend um, who's still one of my very best friends. His name is Matt. And we sort of had been hanging out a little bit, but then we wanted to like consummate our friendship and we decided the best way to do it would go would be to go to the Tri-State Snake Expo. Oh, there's a Tri-State Snake oh, yeah, Expo. Oh, it still goes on. It's amazing. Tri-State. I actually went back a few years later, had a very similar thing happen. But so we got on the train um, and we went up to uh, Westchester, to White Plains uh, from the city um, to go to the Tri-State Snake Expo together. And it was the Sunday before the first day of school. He's one year older than me. He was going into his senior year. I was going to my junior year of college, uh, not college, uh, high school. Mm-hmm. And so we get to the Tri-State Snake Expo. It is a wonder world. And we both fall in love with these brother and sister snakes. They are um, baby ball pythons. Okay. And they come in these little plastic tubs. Um, and so we decide they're like 15 bucks. And we decide we're going to get them. And we're so pumped about them. He named his Annabelle. I named mine King Solomon. Uh-huh. And we... It was really exciting because then we got back on the train and then we were playing with them and it was right as snakes on a plane came out. So we had snakes <laughs> on a train and people were freaking out. And so then we go home and we're like, it was too expensive to buy all the snake gear for them yeah. at the Tri-State Snake Expo. So we made a date for the next day right after school to go to the snake, to the Petland discounts and get ourselves little terrariums and the stuff for our yeah. snake. And snakes are very hardy so they can, they, he could like be happy in the like little container that I made in my in my bedroom um overnight and so the next day so I take I smuggle my snake into my house and then it's the next day is the first day of school and I'm thinking to myself should I leave the snake at home (laughs) my mom's probably gonna find it yeah um and it's not in a good spot so I'm gonna take the snake to school and I'll just put it in my locker Mm -hmm. um or carry it around in my backpack and um we had a have a family friend named Pedro who would uh, like on like certain special days, like like help us out and like take drive me to school or like um, drive my mom places because obviously we didn't have a car. It was in the city. Um, yeah. And so he picked me up at my house and then we went and we did like a carpool with my best friend and we went down and picked up my best friend um, and we were driving down the FDR and I like pulled out my snake and uh-huh. I was like, yo, like check out what I got. King Solomon. King Solomon. And she was like, oh my God. And I was like showing it like playing with it secretly and like Pedro's in the front seat and then my mom is also there and um I'm like playing around with it and um it I feel it like it like makes a move and it jumps and it slips down into the seatbelt hole and I've got it by the tail and then I feel it trying to pull and I didn't want to hurt it so I just let it go right so then I'm like holy fuck <laughs> holy shit and I said, uh, oh, guys, no. 
there may or may not be a python loose in this car oh right now. My God. And they were like, what? And they didn't believe oh me. And then God. I was like, no, actually, here's the deal. I got a snake. It just got loose in the car. Yeah. And so we went to school. I felt devastated. Um, they flipped the fuck out, as you can imagine. I mean, my mom was going insane. Pedro was going insane. They took it to, they couldn't find it. They took it to the shop. And this has happened to friends of mine with snakes before where they get into the car. And um, they like took apart the whole car and could not find the snake. It was oh not, they, they couldn't find it yeah, anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So meanwhile, I go to school. Matt starts texting me. Hey, let's go meet up for Petland discounts. I do not text him back. Oh, I go about a month and a half before texting him back. And then finally tell him, I lost King Solomon. On day one. Day one. Day two, I guess. Day two. Now, a couple months later, um, the window stopped working in the car. Oh, no. So for years, I had this guilt. Oh, my God. King Solomon was dead in the car, crushed in the window. I have carried this guilt for 10 years. Well, yeah, 10 years. Then I find out about a year and a half ago, I'm in my family kitchen and my, my... Essentially, my grandmother, this um, grandmother figure to me, is in the kitchen, and I'm telling the story of King Solomon, and um, and I'm like, yeah, and then the window in the car wouldn't go down, and I'm, I think we lost him, and she was like, oh no, oh no, we we found him, oh, and I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, we just didn't want to tell you because we knew that you would oh. want him back. And oh. evidently what happened was three years later, Pedro was big in, uh, is big in the community of his um, local Jehovah's Witness um, church group and would drive the kids around to the Sunday sc- or the Saturday school, Saturday, Sunday, whatever, they, the, to the church group for the kids on the weekend. Oh, God. And... He went to pick up the first child and his mother. They opened up the back seat, and in the footwell was a six-foot python. And they flipped out, and he called his brother, who had a friend who was a snake wrangler, who came and got King Solomon, who to this day now lives in a beautiful terrarium in Astoria, in Queens. But they didn't tell me, and I carried that guilt for my whole life that I had killed that being that oh, I loved. Oh my God. But yeah, they knew that I'd be like, okay, great. Give me my snake back. Yeah, yeah, Thanks. yeah. But it lived a wonderful three years. Do you think it was like ratting and mousing? Like it just, totally. it, its home was the car. It so it'd slither car, out, slither go out, catch some rodents. Yep. Yeah. That's and then that also happened story. to me again the next time I went to the Tri-State Snake Expo. So I don't <laughs> do that anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God! This is like a it's like a a dark children's book by yeah. Edward Gorey. It makes me very yeah, happy. I love him. Okay, let me give you the results of your one hundred percent guaranteed fictitious mesh okay. future slash alternate universe life. Uh, I feel very very good about the things that you ended up with. Great. Um, first, I want to congratulate you on. Uh, <laughs> this is this, I like the the sort of weird imagery of this, but your apartment. Uh, inside the Brothers Karamazov. Oh, that's great. There's yeah. a lot of those. There you go. They have a lot of tiny apartments. You could with be, yeah, your little, and your like, little garret. Your yeah. Little, yeah. 
so that is one place that you can escape into. Um, you also have, of course, your secret door uh-huh. uh, that takes you to a beautiful rainforest in Washington Amazing. or thereabouts. Uh, you have... Uh, been responsible for the uh, rich tapestry of uh, work that is not an actual tapestry, uh, the Garden of Earthly Delights. Great. That makes sense. Uh, There's a lot going on in that. Um, You have uh, collaborated with uh, Skip James in in terms of coming back full circle to also something that was life-changing for you. Uh, All of this activity, by the way, is making you very hungry. I want you to rest assured you can have unlimited amounts of ice cream of any kind, any makeup. Thank you. That was the universe. Uh, Definitely ended up with that. Um, You also uh, have scored a horror film. Good. So that's another big one to cross out. Yeah, there you go. Uh, You have hung out with Mr. Kurt Vonnegut. Great. Very excited. I think I'm going to piggyback onto that hangout. Yeah. And... uh, I did not do this on purpose. This is just the universe, but you do have uh, uh, an unlimited amount of snakes oh, <laughs> to make up Another, for the trauma all that you loose in your house. They're all yeah. loose in the They're house. They're all up in these walls. They're all up in the walls. I do like snakes also. I don't have that thing about snakes yeah. that some people do. I don't have it about rodents. I think I have it about bugs. Like pretty much bugs is, that's what kind of gives yeah. me the heebie-jeebies. I love them all except for yeah. like lice. I don't like lice, but otherwise, yeah. like, I don't care about cockroaches. Yeah. I think I had too many spider and cockroach scares as a kid. Yeah. You know what? It doesn't, it didn't take much. Uh, thank you so much for doing the yeah, podcast. Of course. Thanks for having uh, me. Where would you like to direct people to uh, enjoy your music and or anything else? You can enjoy my music online or in hard copy. Um Online on the Spotify's and the iTunes, it's Indeed. Vera Sola, V E R A S O L A. It means very shitty in the Roman dialect of Italian. <laughs> um, or you can find me on the Instagram. So I do a lot of stuff on there at Vera Sola. There's also www.vera.sola. Or sorry, verasola.com. I did that wrong. Um, and then Facebook and all of that. I'm terrible at Twitter. If you want to be one of like 40 Twitter followers <laughs> who read about retweets of Moby Dick go right. there. I retweeted a great one this morning. So many choices. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's that you can, I'm awesome. easily found. Fantastic. I'm a modern woman. Uh, you're a modern woman. Uh, you're a class act. We got some fabulous mash answers. Thank you for spending this, uh, cloudy afternoon with me. It's been a joy. Oh, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. And guys, I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.